0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I am here today with Chelsea and Brooke Walter. Hello, Brooke. Hello. Hi,
0: Brooke. Hi.
1: <laughs> Uh can you tell us a little bit about what you do here and uh just like introduce yourself? Sure.
2: Hi, I'm Brock. <laughs> <Wow>. Um <laughs> I am the service producer here at Worship Center, which basically means I help oversee the implementation, planning, execution of services, and I lead the um production team.
1: I was glad that you clarified which executions you oversee. <laughs> that was good. I oversee executions. I was
2: confused. <laughs> it fits in perfectly with today's reading. It does. <laughs>
1: So today we are reading, we start in Jeremiah 19. Um, That may be less familiar than when we get into Daniel. So we'll be crossing into Daniel 1, talking, like we basically get introduced to Daniel today. We'll be seeing him a lot more as we go forward. Um, So we get some prophecy from Jeremiah, and then we get some story about Daniel. So as we go over this,
0: what stuck out? I mean, everything that stuck out to me was about Daniel. (laughs)
1: Just forget that Jeremiah guy, honestly. I'm we've heard talking, enough. We've
0: been talking about him for so long. Enough
1: <laughs> of the weeping, Jeremiah. We get it.
0: I just, something that I just know is that these, the names that they were given, Daniel, um, Azariah, Hananiah, and what's the other one? Mishael. Um, the names they were given that were Babylonian, actually, they were named after gods. They all had this, something something to do with Babylonian gods. And we see how much these men loved God, the God of Israel. <laughs> Um, and how important names were to people back then. And it must've been devastating to be and named for the God of Israel. Cause all those names do mean something in Hebrew about God. I can't remember what it is right now. Um, but then like switching over to the gods of Babylon. Oh. It's, a, it's a pretty big deal, right?
1: Put it in <laughs> the category of uh, the, what I'm going to say, put it in the category of pointless trivia. Oh, Okay. <laughs> we remember Daniel's Hebrew name, but we remember Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's Babylonian name,
0: right, which is kind of weird.
1: Um, So you're used to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If we said today we're reading about Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, you'd right. be like, "What are you talking <laughs> or about?"
0: Belteshazzar for that. Belteshazzar. So yeah,
1: even yeah. that, yeah, yeah. and and the lion's den. <laughs> so,
0: I've, it's I always just think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Benny because of Veggie Tales. <laughs> oh, Veggie Tales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what else stuck out to you guys?
2: One thing I noticed at the end of the Jeremiah section, sorry, I'm going to leave Daniel here. Um, When he was lamenting, it sounded a lot like Job, Uh, kind of from verse 14, moving down, cursing the day he was born. He may no one celebrate the day of my birth. Um, Why was I ever born? Just questioning all of that. Very similarly to our friend Job.
0: Um, I have a question about Job. Uh, we know that. <laughs> I know we're in Jeremiah and Daniel. <laughs> I have a question about Job. Um, so Job is one of the oldest stories, like, people think that ever existed. Would Jeremiah have access to, like, Job? I mean, I guess they have the book of Job. Yeah, like, would yeah, you have known So they, that?
1: they would have had a written record of Job at some point. It's very likely it could have been part of the scrolls that they, like, recently rediscovered as we were reading oh. through stuff. Um, they almost certainly, because we, we are like a reading culture. Mm-hmm. They were actually more of a verbal culture. Like you didn't have general access to, right. like, you didn't just have,
0: you memorize it cause you heard it a million times.
1: Yeah. You didn't just have like 5 million scrolls in the closet. You'd be like, <laughs> all right, let's open this one and read the book of Job today. So I think that it, did Jeremiah ever read the story of Job? Maybe. Did he hear the story of Job? Almost certainly. Yes. Um, it would have been like an oral tradition kind of a thing. I think that's actually why. I think it's very likely that Jeremiah is using words mm. and phrases and ideas because he's very familiar with Job. So I think there's a chance that Jeremiah is just identifying with our friend Job uh, because Jeremiah has a pretty tough existence, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. Apparently, everybody loves to call him man who lives in terror.
0: <laughs> that's a bummer. <laughs> Which seems yeah. like a
1: really long nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no,
2: with all like um, that know, with man? all his prophecies, like, <laughs> yeah. sorry, I don't know if doesn't
1: not fit. It right. does seem appropriate. I think yeah. when people when people saw Jeremiah, like, walking yeah. into a crowd with, like, a piece of paper, they're it's like, oh, right. oh, man. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, great. Uh, Here can we beat him? <laughs>
1: which they do. Uh, Spoiler which, alert. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> also, I mean, again, poor Jeremiah has to do some pretty humiliating things. Yeah. Yeah. The Shattered Jar is not nearly as humiliating as any other things. <laughs> But he did have to shatter a jar in this in this passage.
1: <laughs> uh, Brooke, you had like a pretty interesting insight that I do want to talk about a little bit. Like yeah. where God seems to uh, maybe maybe God seems to go against what He's saying in yep. the in the first part.
2: Yeah, in that first part, verse nine, nope, chapter nineteen, around verse five, He says, "I've never commanded such a horrible deed as far as shedding the blood of innocent children," and that just a couple verses later. He's talking about how he will allow the people to be slaughtered um, and their dead bodies will be food for vultures. <laughs> and so it kind of can seem confusing. It's like, wait a minute. Another positive
0: message from Jeremiah.
1: <laughs> Brought to you by the man who lives in terror.
2: <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was just asking, like, how does this work? How can we talk about such horrible deeds? But then it seems as though God's actually doing some pretty horrible things himself.
1: Yeah, how is it possible for God to be like I've never thought about spilling the blood of children right. and then to be like yeah, and I'm about to spill the blood of children.
0: <laughs> and to let animals eat them. <laughs> I think the difference that I see there is talking about worshipping Baal, they burn their sons as sacrifices to Baal and that's when God says I've never commanded something this horrible. Mm-hmm. Um and then the other thing, I think Brian we talked about this earlier is judgment. Uh so when we look at worshipping God, um, he would. He doesn't command us to sacrifice our children and our. <laughs> Praise man the Lord, amazing. can you imagine producing yeah. that service? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Nope. <laughs> Camera two. <laughs> 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 we need a roamer outside. <laughs> but no, uh, worshiping God is just is this beautiful thing, and for these other gods, mm. these pagan gods, it's this horrible awful thing. That you know what man made that up. These yeah. gods didn't actually it's command them, right. mm-hmm. man. Devise this plan of worship, and it includes slaughtering their own children, which is ugh.
1: <laughs> and they oh. fell into it. Like this is this is not the first time. It, it actually does seem like it's showing up more often as mm-hmm. we get further along mm-hmm. and closer to judgment, actually. Mm-hmm. So it is a newer phenomenon in the scope of what we're reading that they're sacrificing their own kids to Baal.
0: So crazy, like I. And they're just like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that.
1: I I do think <laughs> yeah. that's I do think that's part of what makes God like okay you know what this is done like this yeah. needs to stop
0: yeah so. which which when you think of it, of it through that lens makes the judgment more like oh yeah yeah they, like they deserve to die
1: <laughs> it has fallen pretty far yeah, yeah definitely
0: anything else that I got to you guys um
1: our our friends Hananiah uh Meshach and Abendigo.
2: They're <laughs> getting there, and I <laughs> so when it's so close, each. so close, other. <laughs> uh, they, They're
1: they It sounds dumb, but this is like the, they uh, they choose a different diet. They go vegan. Oh, right. oh yeah. yeah. Um, is this promotion for vegan?
0: <laughs> no, I think this is promotion for not eating food sacrificed to gods. <laughs> yes, Don't do that, guys. I like that. That is, I like that.
1: that is, and I think it's actually a pretty <laughs> important point because there's a there's a whole market actually for the Daniel diet. Oh yeah, there is. And it's not wrong to eat vegetables, but right. Daniel <laughs> Daniel was not actually trying to do this to be healthy. Right. This was not like, well, look at this. God can make me healthy because <laughs> I don't eat meat or drink wine. This is actually all about food sacrifice to idols. It's all about uh, food that would have been produced in a way that was not kosher. I mean, like, kosher is how we identify it now. But right. um, they – it was not food produced in a way that God had commanded that they should eat food. Right. And so this is actually Daniel making a faith statement, not a diet statement.
0: Right. As Yeah. Along those same lines, you see over and over again, this passage that God gave these men an unusual aptitude. God gave Daniel a special ability. Like God does these things, not because of what they, not because of the diet, but because they chose to have faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty important distinction. <laughs> yeah. And you were just
2: saying how God gave... All those things, I'm looking for it now. Oh, yeah, God had given the chief of staff, staff respect and yeah. affection for Daniel. Yeah. So even Daniel being able to say, like, hey, I want to do this, he said, no way, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. He's like, let's try it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> that that relationship it. could exist in a way that that would happen, to be yeah. able to see after 10 days they were just as healthy. Yeah, because of God's sovereignty to right.
0: influence people.
1: Daniel actually presents, uh, like, a whole concept that's going to develop as we follow Daniel, but it's it's pretty interesting. We see Daniel be, like, a faithful servant of God in a culture that does not care about God at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think recently we did, was it a staff study, that Thriving in Babylon book?
0: It was a sermon series, I think. It was a sermon series? Yeah. So,
1: like, essentially, like, we are beginning to live in a, in a culture that's not. Christian anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think we're slowly becoming more and more realistic about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Daniel's a pretty interesting character in that he is actually like a faithful steward of the responsibility of the government of Babylon, mm-hmm. a pagan government that doesn't believe in God, but he's able to serve God effectively uh, without compromise in a system that's not built to respect God. Yeah. So Daniel is a great person to look at, uh, specifically when we talk about like what does it look like to be faithful in a post Christian culture.
0: And he loves the people around him that aren't believers or Jews yeah. Yeah. in a way that's pretty radical, I yeah. would say. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening today. To God's whole story. And we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Jeremiah 19, beginning in verse one, this is what the Lord said to me, go and buy a clay jar. Then ask some of the leaders of the people and of the priests to follow you. Go out to the gate of the broken pots, to the garbage dump in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, and give them this message. Say to them, listen to this message from the Lord, you kings of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. I will bring a terrible disaster on this place, and the ears of those who hear about it will ring. For Israel has forsaken me and turned this valley into a place of wickedness." The people burn incense to foreign gods, idols never before acknowledged by this generation, by their ancestors, or by the kings of Judah, and they have filled this place with the blood of innocent children. They have built pagan shrines to this place, and Baal, and there they burn their sons as sacrifices to Baal. I have never commanded such a horrible deed, and never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. So beware, for the time is coming, says the Lord, when this garbage dump will no longer be called Topheth, or the Valley of Ben-Hinnom, but the Valley of Slaughter, For I will upset the careful plans of Judah and Jerusalem. I will allow the people to be slaughtered by invading armies, and I will leave their dead bodies as food for the vultures and wild animals. I will reduce Jerusalem to ruins, making it a monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will gasp at the destruction they see there. I will see to it that your enemies lay siege to the city until all the food is gone. Then those trapped inside will eat their own sons and daughters and friends. They will be driven to utter despair. As these men watch you, Jeremiah, smash the jar you brought, then say to them, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. As this jar lies shattered, so I will shatter the people of Judah and Jerusalem beyond all hope of repair. They will bury the bodies here in Topheth, the garbage dump, until there is no more room for them. This is what I will do to this place and its people, says the Lord. I will cause this city to become defiled like Topheth. Yes, all the houses in Jerusalem, including the palace of Judah's kings, will become like Topheth, all the houses where you burned incense on the rooftops to your star gods, and where liquid offerings were poured out to your idols. Then Jeremiah returned from Topheth, the garbage dump where he had delivered this message, and he stopped in front of the temple of the Lord. He said to the people there, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. I will bring disaster upon this city and its surrounding towns, as I promised, because you have stubbornly refused to listen to me. Now Pashur, son of Emer, the priest in charge of the temple of the Lord, heard what Jeremiah was prophesying. So he arrested Jeremiah the prophet and had him whipped and put in stocks at the gates of Benjamin of the Lord's temple. The next day when Pashur finally released him, Jeremiah said, Pashur, the Lord has changed your name. From now on you are to be called the man who lives in terror. For this is what the Lord says, I will send terror upon you and all your friends, and you will watch as they are slaughtered by the swords of the enemy." I will hand the people of Judah over to the king of Babylon. He will take them captive to Babylon or run them through with the sword. And I will let your enemies plunder Jerusalem. All the famed treasures of the city, the precious jewels and gold and silver of your kings, will be carried off to Babylon. As for you, Pashur, you and all your household will go as captives to Babylon. There you will die and be buried, you and all your friends to whom you prophesied that everything would be all right. O oh Lord, you misled me, and I allowed myself to be misled. You are stronger than I am, and you overpowered me. Now I am mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me. When I speak, the words burst out. Violence and destruction, I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in His name, His word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. I have heard many of the rumors about me. They call me the man who lives in terror. and They threaten, if you say anything, we will report it. Even my old friends are watching me, waiting for a fatal slip. He will trap himself, they say, and then we will get our revenge on him. But the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior Before him, my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten, O Lord of heaven's armies. You test those who are righteous, and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them, for I have committed my cause to you. Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord. For though I was poor and needy, he rescued me from my oppressors. Yet I curse the day I was born. May no one celebrate the day of my birth. I curse the messenger who told my father, Good news, you have a son. Let him be destroyed like the cities of old, that the Lord overthrew without mercy. Terrify him all day long with battle shouts, because he did not kill me at birth. Oh, that I had died in my mother's womb, that her body had been my grave. Why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. Daniel 1, beginning in verse 1. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and place, placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They are to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now God had given the chief of staff both both respect and affection for Daniel, but he responded, I am afraid of my lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for ten days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the ten days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for ten days. At the end of 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with the staff and them, and no one impressed him more as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, so they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus.
1: Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM or you could actually email us at podcastworshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you